This is episode 61 of the Rising Man podcast with Tim Morrison. As you think, so shall you become. What's up, Rising Man family? Welcome back to another episode of the Rising Man podcast. I'm your host and the creator of the show, Jetty Azuma. And if you haven't already signed up to be a patron of the Rising Man podcast, I want to ask you to head over to www.patreon.com slash rising man right now. This is your chance to help support the podcast and get access to our inner ring, the Rising Man Fire Circles. This is where the men who want to take idea to action, to be held accountable, to be seen and supported in their growth are stepping up and stepping in. It's really been an amazing community that we've amplified starting this year in 2019. And I'm looking forward to getting more men involved in growing this community. So our next fire circle, our live fire circle is going to be March 23rd from 3 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can get your spot right now by signing up as a patron for The Rising Man on patreon.com. And if it's your first time, you can send me a direct message and we'll give you a guest code to get the special invite access to our call. So make sure you guys do that today. Helps the podcast go a long way and it also helps to grow this community of men. We want to see you guys there. All right. My guest for today is none other than Tim Morrison. Tim has a passion for guiding people to dive deep into themselves, connect back to the earth and to lead from their heart a life of purpose and fulfillment. Formerly a personal trainer and Thai boxer, Tim dove deep into his own personal transformation after sustaining a career-ending neck injury. He spent six years journeying with all types of modalities in his own healing process, including plant medicines, energy work, kundalini, shamanism, tantra, leadership, and personal development work. He is a breathwork practitioner, men's work facilitator, and the creator of Invictus, an in-person immersive transformation program for men based in Perth. He's a badass dude, and we had a lot of great things to talk about, including healing generational and ancestral lineage as we heal our own wounds. It's for our legacy and for us at the same time. We talked about owning our mistreatment of women and our part in the distrust that the feminine has for the masculine. This is a big topic right now, really important to get into. We talked about our different definitions of what it means to be a man and how we all have the right to choose how we want to be a man in this world. Talked about celebrating the differences and gifts that men and women each have and how we can learn to support and amplify each other instead of being against each other and on opposite sides of the field. Talked about the work it takes for us to really prepare for a life partner and someone who fits in with our vision. And last but not least, creating greater safety for men to share and be seen. A powerful episode with my brother from down under. Without further ado, Tim Morrison. All right, Rising Man family, I have a very special guest coming in from all the way on the other side of the planet, my Viking brother, Tim Morrison. I'm calling you a Viking because you look like one to me, man. I don't know if you relate to that. <laughs> what is up, Jetty? How are you, my brother? I'm really good, man. Uh, I, you know, we were talking about before we hit record that this is a conversation many months in the making and trusting that whatever's going to come through today is exactly the timing that needed to happen. Yeah, I feel that, man. I was trust in spirit 100% and just allow things to flow and and uh, open up how they're meant to open up. Awesome, man. And if you guys who are listening, I think that Tim's accent may have given it away. He's not from Brooklyn. He's actually from <laughs> way out in Perth, right? That's where you're based at right yeah, now? Yeah, West Oz, Perth, Australia. Yeah, born and bred. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Born and bred, Western Aussie. Yeah. That's, that's powerful, man. <laughs> 
Awesome, man. Cool. Well, listen, I'm looking forward to this conversation and I think it's going to be something really powerful and impactful for the men who are listening. Because in my experience, I told you this before we started, you are a man who is really living and embodying the work and the message that he speaks of, which alone is a very rare and unique quality in my experience of, of men these days, something that it's a great example for men to see. So happy to have you in just your presence, but also the wealth and breadth of wisdom you bring onto the show. I was telling you, I also have a hard time zeroing in on one thing because we could probably write a book together. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, man, but let's start off like the way we start every episode. I know you've heard this before, but I want to hear your take on this. What is the difference between a boy and a man? For myself, man, like stepping in from boyhood to manhood, there's always that transitional period. But as a man, we take radical responsibility, complete ownership of who we are and our actions and what we are doing in life. And we're no longer like Mm -hmm. shifting the blame, pointing our fingers. We're taking full ownership of of everything. And I think as a boy, we make everything about ourselves. But as a man, Mm -hmm. we tend to see the bigger picture that is not just about us. It could be about our families, our community, maybe a world vision. We see the greater picture as men and mm-hmm. really dropping deep into our, you know, masculine essence where we're, you know, balanced with our feminine and our masculine and and we're just strong in who we are and our beliefs. And we have a sense of, you know, soft and vulnerability that we're able to access when needed, when required. We're able to open our hearts we're able to, you know, drop into our warriorship, our primal self. We are the kings of our kingdoms and, you know, the creators of our realm. Mm. Yeah, we take, yeah, that's been a man for myself. Mm. Um, I could go on that for the whole, whole podcast about that. But, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, well, those are great highlights, man. Let, let me try asking something slightly different, but in the same vein. How do you know a man when you see one? That's an interesting question because you can, you know, look at, the physiological aspects of a man, you know, the, the size, mm-hmm. the sound of the voice, the, the balls have dropped. But for me, when I know that I've, I've, I've met a man, like an embodied, integrated man, there's a sense of knowing within himself, within his posture, how he holds himself, how he presents himself, how he treats mm-hmm. himself and how he treats others around him. And that's when I know that I've you know, really met a man who's embodied and who he is. And I guess the, the problem that we are seeing in society at the moment is that we are being run around by men who are still acting as boys because they haven't gone through, you know, like a rite of passage as such. And they're still holding on to this boy mentality that is just a disservice to themselves and everyone else around them. Mm. And we can see that through, you know, toxic behaviors, through overpowering, through degrading, through violence and rage and, and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that. I've never actually asked anyone on the podcast that question before. So that's a first <laughs> right here. And, and, it, and it, it emerged because I realized that we speak about the discrepancy between a boy and a man. But the reason I asked that question in the first place is because we know that you can see someone who physiologically appears to be a man, appears to be mature. And yet, once you start to watch them long enough and see their actions, their behaviors, how they carry themselves, much more reflective of a boy or what we would qualify as a boy. Mm-hmm. So. I just think that's a really valuable place to start this conversation and also to have just to bring in some compassion for every man where he is at in his process yeah. because of exactly what you said. This is not, it's both an individual and a massive cultural 
phenomena that we're speaking about here. When we talk about rising men, when we talk about embodied, integrated masculine, we're talking about reframing an entire culture of mm-hmm. how we show up as the male gender, the masculine part of our uh, masculine part of the species. Yeah. And so, because there's because there, I, I have to believe that a lot of these leaders who look like men but are showing up as boys are also experiencing tremendous depths of pain mm. and um, feeling very alone. I'd imagine too. Yeah, I feel that man. Like a lot of the guys that that I've worked with in uh, in groups and coaching one on one sessions is how deeply wounded they are and without feeling like they don't have a safe place to open up or to release and they have this you know jaded or distorted view of what it means to be a man and they feel like they can't even mm-hmm. drop into that place and once they start to unlayer and get these things off their chest then it's just this amazing process of just really discovering who they are at the core of their being and you know compassion is one of the most incredible attributes or gifts that we can hold for ourselves and that's why doing things like shadow work is is so incredibly powerful and potent for anyone um, and especially for men but women as well is the more shadow work more inner work more conscious awareness we have around our own actions and our, and our own behaviors um, and we understand our triggers and our mirroring we no longer start to judge and ridicule others because we can see ourselves in others and we can see others in ourselves. And then so we can start to hold our own compassion. We can be like, oh, I was actually where this this man was five years ago. I was where this man was two years ago or even a month ago or even a week ago. So when we hold compassion, we can see ourselves in in someone else. That compassion arises. And my, my belief is that if we keep blaming and pointing the finger, we're never going to start seeing change in anyone. And as long as we still harbor hate and resentment and fear in our hearts, our external world will never, ever change. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about in these extreme cases where, you know, really traumatic things are happening, but let's just bring it back into who we are right now. Mm-hmm. If we can start to do that inner work within ourselves, dive into our own core wounds, our mother and father wounds, our healing our inner child, doing our, our own shadow work, and we start to heal this inner sanctum of who we are, we'll start to see our external world shift. And as we start to clear like generational lines or ancestral lines, we know we are helping our mums and our dads and we're helping the, our kids that are going to be coming through as well. And mm-hmm. when we understand that we're doing it for ourselves, we're also doing it for the collective too. But we always need to remember to come back into this center point, this center point of who we are yeah. and, and do that healing within Yeah, man, I really relate to that and really resonate with what you're saying. I've, I've taken on a lot of, let's just say this, it's been very difficult for me to see men and the broad strokes we've painted about an entire gender because of the actions and behaviors of some men, not all men. Mm. And this is something that I think is just the natural consequence of having such a large population and such a globally connected culture nowadays. Mm. Whereas before there was technology, before there was the ability to transmit our messages and our beliefs across the internet, then culture was much more nuclear. Mm. It was much it was much smaller and you know the the culture adapted itself to what the people needed. Now we have these broad strokes being painted about men in general that I don't think serves anybody really because 
on one side, as a man, I'll say it myself as a man and other men that I've spoken with, feel a lot less safe to just be ourselves mm. in the world right now because it, it's so it's such a sensitive time. Yeah, and there, there's it's like walking on eggshells, and I don't really feel full permission to be my full expression of myself in every domain of my life. Yeah. And I think a lot of men feel that. And then that also affects everybody else because when we don't have men being fully expressed, there's a huge consequence to that as well. We're not giving our full gifts. Yeah, hundred percent. That's something I've gone through myself and that I've I've had men message me about is that they feel they can't be expressive of what they're actually feeling in fear that they're going to be, you know, made fun of by extreme people that are bring so much hate onto men when really all they want it to be is like seen and accepted. And if we look at like the feminine and the masculine energy is that which we both hold in men and women, like the, the feminine energy wants to be seen, felt and heard. And her gift is love. And if we see that within a, in a male, within a man, he also has a part of himself that wants to be seen, felt and heard. And the, suppre- mm-hmm. the suppression of, of the feminine energy hasn't just been in women, but it's also been in men as well. And the more men have been suppressing themselves, their relation to their own feminine nature, their feminine essence is going to be directly correlated to their relationship to the outer feminine, the feminine in their partners and the feminine of the earth. And the feminine of the, of the man is so deeply suppressed and the entry point within his heart. So men just want to be seen, felt and heard for who they are, what they want to say and to feel that they can express what they want to express without being judged. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, I had a uh, really deep breath work journey recently. I had this issue around toxic masculinity and I'd, I'd written this post a while back saying that like this toxic masculinity shit needs to stop and got a heap of shares. I like, went, went viral and majority of the comments were were really supportive and stuff, but you could see who read the first line and just got triggered as fuck mm-hmm. and just didn't even read the rest of it. But what I'd actually said For in the sure. post was that the masculine energy isn't toxic. The feminine energy isn't toxic. It's the behaviors that which the person does and projects outwards and inwards, mm-hmm. which that that's what's toxic. Mm. Let's let's dig into that for a second, man, because I, I, I remember that post you put out and I remember bookmarking it in my head. I said, when I talked to Tim, we got to go in on this because I'm glad you took that stand because to me, even using the word toxic and toxic to describe masculinity or to describe anything declares that it's poisonous, that there's actually a poisonous element of masculinity versus giving it a different context like, well, there's the shadow. There's something that's useful from it. There's no use for poison except to kill something. And to me, if we call something toxic and we describe what toxic masculinity is, and those are behaviors that some men have, how are they ever going to feel safe enough to actually step into their light? Exactly. It's, it's immediate exile. Yeah. You know? And, and then these guys that would be labeled as, as toxic when they come to see me, they're just deeply wounded individuals that just need care and love and they need guidance on how to mm-hmm. know, find forgiveness within themselves for what they've done and to learn to accept these mm-hmm. parts of themselves that they suppressed of that re- or they may have rejected or disowned. Mm-hmm. But a big thing for me was this breathwork that I'd done and within this state that I was in, because you released DMT through this like style of breathwork. And <clears throat> I was in this beautiful space, but I was, I was asking for forgiveness and apologizing to every single woman that I had abused emotionally or mentally or sexually in any kind of varying degree 
and taking ownership for my part in not allowing the feminine to trust the masculine. Mm. And it was such a beautiful, a beautiful, although I had tears, there was a lot of grief, a lot of anger, a lot of sorrow coming out through these experiences I was releasing. I also fully accepted mm-hmm. that. And I was like, well, I have, my actions have been a part of this distrust that's been happening. Mm. And that was a really, really potent shift and change for me. But when we, like you were saying, if we are calling masculinity toxic, no one's actually labeling what toxic masculinity is. I think when we're linguistic beings, we need to really be aware of what we're saying and how we're saying it and the relatability of what those words, the the deeper meaning of what these words are. Mm -hmm. And these young boys that are growing up and they see, you know, these terms like toxic masculinity and they don't actually know what it means. They start to think that masculinity is toxic Mm-hmm. And then they all start to disown this masculine energy that they have within themselves. Right. And this has been happening for, for generations. And I know from a young age, I disowned my own masculine energy. I uh, didn't, mm-hmm. I saw the masculine hurting so that I didn't want to associate myself with that. And it took a long time to heal mm-hmm. that part of myself. Yeah. And I, I think that's a lot of the messaging that we've got. You know, we, we spoke before we started recording about bringing in what it's like in Aussie culture and what it's like in American culture, knowing that there's obviously similarities and overlaps. But I know in in American culture, the experience of the masculine for at least the past couple of generations, decades for sure, has been it's a lonely place. It's a very hard and stoic place. There's There's not a lot of honesty, like real depth happening. It's a very surface level existence. And so in my experience, I know that I, I resisted that. In fact, I, can't, I when I was a teenager and an adolescent, I made what I saw about my dad wrong, that he would just kind of like, you know, strap on his work suit, go to work and didn't really, didn't really get to know him very much. You know, my story was that my dad was never around. He was always at, he was always out. He was always working. I never really got to know him, never got to see him be vulnerable, never got to see the, the, the real essence of him come through because mm-hmm. he was just so on the surface. And I think that as, as our boys, when boys see that, it's, there's a natural aversion to it. It's like, well, what's attractive about that? You know, what, what, what makes that appealing to live into? Mm. And so then we talk about the feminization of men, boys, obviously feminized. And as they're becoming men, being raised a lot by women while guys are out in the workforce. And so what is your take on, on that phenomenon? How do you believe that that has created the generation of men that we have now, specifically millennials, guys in their twenties, thirties and early forties? Yeah, this, this is also a somewhat sensitive topic as well, because there's a lot of stress that, you know, comes on to single mums and if they're doing it the right way or, or right or wrong way or whatever might be coming up for them. But something that does, I believe that does happen is that when our dads aren't around, we learn the ma- our masculine traits from our mum. And if our mum has a, you know, wounded masculine or she might be, you know, say things like, oh, don't be like your dad or don't do this or dad's going to tell you off and always putting the blame onto the dad, then we start to, you know, grow up with this, oh, I don't want to be around. I don't want to, you know, I don't want this this energy, whatever we, you know, associating with to, to be like that. And mm-hmm. and so we kind of lose that, you know, that direct link. And 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 part of the initiation into manhood is the separation from the mother. Mm-hmm. And so if there is single mothers out there listening to this, 
I would strongly encourage to find your boys a mentor or a healthy male mentor or masculine mentor that could guide them into their own soul of their own masculine energy and and be that guiding light of what it you know means to be a man in its truest essence. Mm-hmm. And even that, like what does it mean to be a man is is can be like misconstrued in so many different ways. Like what works sure. for me to be a man isn't going to be work for someone else as well. And I feel like just acting in your truest nature for who, who you are as a person. And there are men out there who do, you know, work better as that are more in their feminine nature, which is fine. Um, we all need to have this balance within our, our nature as well. But I feel that if men are brought up with a wounded masculine, then they will have an imbalance within themselves and that's where, you know, the projection, the anger or the anger formed into, you know, like aggression or rage or violence will, will come out because they don't know how to actually hold their emotions. And if our masculine energy, our masculine energy is like the sacred masculine is the, the sacred container that which holds the feminine to allow her to flow and to guide her, not to control, but to, you know, have that sacred container that can guide but if our masculine container within ourselves can't even hold our own feminine nature that's why there's so many men that like blow up or you know they can't handle themselves and they'll fall into depression or they might go on a, on a big like like killing spree or get into fights mm-hmm. all the time because they can't actually handle like men's nervous systems aren't aren't adapt to handling feminine energy and that's why like mm-hmm. one of the things that and i know you teach this as well is for men to lean in rather than leaning away. So most of the time when things mm. come up for men, they want to lean away because they can't, they can't handle what's going on. It's learning how to keep yourself mm-hmm. open, keep your heart open and lean in to those issues that may seem uncomfortable at the time and to, and to learn and to breathe through it and to be in that space and to, and to learn how to breathe. For men to learn how to breathe into their cocks, into their legs, and then to breathe their energy down to the earth it's fundamental for men to learn because they, if they can hold that, that, that breath into the belly, into the cocks, into the earth, they can hold that breath deep. The, their space-holding ability will just go tenfold, not only for themselves, mm-hmm. but they will be able to you know, assist the space that they're in. If their partner is having a deep emotional release or there's anxiety going around or a lot of the stress, if they can breathe deep, men have that ability to really hold that deep sacred space. And that is the gift of the masculine is to be able to hold that mm-hmm. deep sacred space and to witness without judgment yeah. and just to be and just to see. See, I see you, I feel you, and it's okay. I'm not here to fix you. I'm just here to be and to hold you and tell you that everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that reflection of the masculine and the feminine because something I've heard before is something that I hold too. It's a vision in my mind of men as the container for women dancing around the fire, that sacred fire that we all connect with. And speaking of linguistics, like you mentioned earlier, I think there's an important distinction to be made between containment and control. So, you know, the word container, being able to hold space like a container versus controlling and trying to manipulate and manage an energy. Containment to me is, is it provides the structure through which energy can move and bounce off of, mm. which I think is a beautiful metaphor for how men and women, masculine and feminine, relate in dynamic relationships. I mean, just look at any intimate relationship. 
any single one that I've ever known has a dynamic where at some point the, the woman in her feminine pushes up against the man in his masculine to see how solid he is mm-hmm. in one way or another. You know, we, we call it testing. You know, it's like testing the integrity, right? Another word, integrity of the container. Is it solid? Will it hold? Will it bust? Will it break? Mm. Because if it's solid, then I can depend on it to be wherever I'm going to be to be all over my crazy, all in my beautiful flow and transformation and expansion of myself. And as you, as you were speaking on your reflection of this contain, container, masculine, feminine dynamic, I was starting to think that where did men or the masculine go wrong with this? When did we start to shift from being the container to being the controller mm-hmm. of that feminine spirit? And, and why, yeah. you know, what was that all about? And that kind of just opens up a whole new portal for me in, in my reflective process. So I, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I feel that for one, women are so deeply intuitive and so powerful within that energy that it scares men. And mm. so, you know, the old paradigm of like, if you're in control, then you're safe. And if they've like suppressed their feminine energy, they have no relationship to their own intuition, their own create uh, creative energy flow, or even their own sexual energy. They'll want to control everything else. It's a projection outwards because they don't feel safe within their own bodies. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yep, yeah, I can control this. And, and I want to come back from, you know, like tribal days of like whoever's physically the strongest is in charge. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting, one of my last, on my last trip to Peru, I was, had a Wachuma journey and asked Wachuma to teach me about the masculine, about the sacred masculine. First thing was, he said, was first off, masculine and masculine, there's only one letter difference. And it was just like showing like mm. the, how mm. divinely connected they are. Mm. And then two was, it was showing me how the sacred masculine or the masculine energy is the protector of the feminine, but not how we how we may perceive it as being the protector in the, in the sense that women are weak. It was showing that, me that women are, are so powerful, but they need to be so protected because they're in such an open, vulnerable state with so much energy and intuition and this amazing, potent medicine that's flowing through them. They need the space around them protected and held so that they can be in this deeper space. Mm. But yeah, I, I just I just feel that men try and control because they're afraid. They're afraid of what it is mm. and they don't understand it. And I feel a gift women can give men is guiding them into their hearts and teaching men on on their ways. And this is mm. you know coming trying to close the gap of gender wars and rather going for like complete equality we have equality in a, in a sense, but celebrating each other's differences, celebrating each other's gifts that we're able to provide. And I think mm. that's a deep missing point is that we each have something that we can give the other, that we can provide the other, um, that can create that sacred union between two souls. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I agree. And I, I like the concept of, of equality because my experience is that the larger that our population grows and thus our culture grows, the farther the pendulum swings each time we, we come to a conflict. Mm. So for example, um, 
speaking into the the feminist revolution that happened back in the 60s and 70s now people are starting to talk about a masculine revolution happening you know in response to this where are all the conscious men right mm. so let's let's just talk about that for a second so what what is your opinion and perspective on this quote unquote masculine revolution like what is it and and what's actually happening right now it's the uh the shakeup of men Women are a lot more sensitive to energies than what men are. And my maestro that this actually people maestro in the jungle that we sit and diet with and, and do plant medicine with in, in Peruge, she always says that women a lot, they learn quicker than men. They're so much more open and with their physical womb, they're able to, you know, channel these energies more. And so when this the the divine feminine awakening was happening, it was just coming through all the women. And a few men at the same time, but now more and more men are starting to be, you know, are working up and that's also being guided by their partners as well. They start to see shifts in their partners and one, it can come mm-hmm. from fear of like, shit, if I don't change, my partner's going to leave me or two, seeing how free and alive they are, that they also want to be a part of that. And I also mm-hmm. believe that men are starting to feel that there's more to their life than just going to like a nine to five job, being the provider and doing work that they hate just so that they can get money to feed their family. And I feel like a lot more men are waking up into that and they're starting to you know, see that. And I feel like everyone needs a leader. Everyone needs to be guided. Everyone needs to be given permission. And that's why there's, you know, there's men that have been kind of pushed up into this level of relatability and, I feel like with a masculine revolution that's coming and there's not to be any fear around it, what it's actually going to be doing is creating more conscious, embodied and integrated men. And it's not going to be coming from a place of like men to overpower women again. The revolution is coming that men are becoming so much more open, so much more accepting, so much more loving and caring, so much more more depth and and there's this sacred masculine awakening that's coming up and especially in men and that's uh, calling for more depth and stillness within a man and then so when mm-hmm. we're called for more depth within ourselves, we'll be pulled into our depth and when we get pulled into our depth our shadows arise mm-hmm. and that can be a very that's very uncomfortable situation for men and this is they're saying that women don't want men to fix them. Men don't want women to fix them. So as men are healing their feminine energies, their feminine line, women also need to be working on their masculine energies and their ability to hold space so that their partners or their, their men can uh, drop deeper into themselves. So men want to be able to drop right. deeper into their, when they go into their shadows, they need to be held very, very strongly and they need to feel so safe that they can go within there. You know, they can take off the mask, they can take off the armor, and they can just dive deep into who they are. Yeah, man. I, and my perspective on this very same thing you're describing is in order for us as men to answer the question that so many women have, like, where are all the conscious men? Right. We said it before we started. Like, that's how many times do we hear that? Women want to know where are these men who are awake? and who are really embodying their masculine in order for men as a, as a, you know, collective to step into that role, we have to be able to have the space to be fully in 
the masculine, which like you said, includes the shadow. Mm. It includes being able to scream at the top of our lungs. It includes being able to push our bodies up against each other and have these, have that release of, of energy, experience that energy, play with it, explore it and, and not be so afraid of it or feel that we have to suppress it or bottle it up because that's what we've learned. Mm. That's what we've learned is that that energy is not safe. Bottle it up, suppress it. Don't, don't let that primal scream out. Mm. Don't beat your chest and, and, and scream at the top of your lungs. Don't get into fights. Don't wrestle each other because it's, it's dangerous and it's scary. Yeah. So there's, there's a, there's a give and take, right? We need, in, to, in order for women or for all of us to have men show up in the masculine that we want, then we have to all agree that, hey, we get, we get to create this space where men can really experience what we need to mm. so that we can heal the things that we've accumulated and clear the things that no longer serve us. 100%. Yeah, two things in that. One I'll just quickly address is where's all the conscious men at? And we will always attract wherever we are at in our own life. And if we're searching around, like asking where is all the conscious men, the question we should be doing or what we, what is a a probably better way to be doing it is calling in your King rather than asking where the men are, call the men towards yourself, do the inner work, Mm -hmm. heal that masculine wounding. And as you start to heal that masculine wounding, you'll be opening yourself up and vibrating at a certain frequency that's going to allow this king to come into your place. And the same for men. Mm-hmm. Men are going through this change and, and as they start to shift and change, like their relationships might break down or, or, or even break through. But just call in your king, call them into you. And that's where the conscious men are. They're, they're, they're all around us. They're just not being glorified. They're just not being spoken about. And like, I know so many men that are, you know, conscious men, they're doing their thing. They love their wife. They love their kids, but they're just like not doing the work, quote unquote, the work. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, they're mm-hmm. out there, they're doing it. And I think that when mm-hmm. we are saying like, where's all the conscious men or where's all the conscious women, we're, we're putting ourselves this like higher level as other than them. And our like ego is, is saying that we are better than them. Like, why aren't you doing this? I am. For sure. And we got to be that, that, that ego is a tricky, it's a tricky motherfucker. Like really hold on to that. Like be aware that that's playing that game. And that's where that compassion comes in. Be on the journey together. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. That could be such a slippery slope. And for, for all of us, as soon as we start to come into our awakening and to come into better knowing who we are as ourselves, we start to look at the people around us differently. And I know for me, as one example, as I started to wake up and partake in my spiritual path, I started to look at my parents, specifically my mom, and start to assess all of the things I thought she wasn't doing well and all of the ways in which I knew better (laughs) and what I knew what she needed. And it's funny because, you know, obviously there's so much ego wrapped up in that. it, It comes from the soil of a really really uh, honorable intention, wanting my mother to, to have a fulfilled life and to feel good about herself. Mm. But the, the means by which that I went about that for you know uh, many years in my life was completely egoic and completely controlling and manipulative. So I see what you're describing show up a lot in relationships, whether it goes both ways too. Mm. If, if there's a female who has been more in quote unquote the work or per, the personal re- reflective introspective journey, looking at their partner and saying, why doesn't he lean in too? Mm. 
or, or vice versa, a man saying, why, why, why won't she get on board? Why won't she just come to this workshop, this training with me? And like you said, there's a lot of ego wrapped up in mm. that and, and a vacancy of compassion for honoring where we each are on our path. Yeah, and like the bottom line is they just might not be ready, might not be their time. Like we all have a process we've got to go through. I remember I was like chatting to my mom about this the other day and she was like, you know, there were so many times where we really wanted to get you to do something, but she, she was just like, I knew that I just had to love you and just keep loving you for who you were and where you were at. Mm-hmm. She's like, it doesn't matter how many times you and my dad said something to you, you weren't going to do it. We knew you had to figure it out on your own. And so we just had to love mm-hmm. you and love you and love you and just know that we'll hear for you. And it was a good reflection because, you know, I'll fall into that as well. It's like, well, I'm doing it. Why aren't you doing it? Like I'm, I'm having all mm-hmm. these experiences. Like you should be doing the same. And it's just that, that, that ego mm-hmm. trap of being like, well, best way we can do it is, is lead and lead from ourselves, lead from our heart. And uh, I believe that if, if we are wanting others to be doing this work, coming from like a, a place of honor, a place of integrity of, of really being like, this is really going to help and change your life. Let's just do it ourselves and let our own growth and our own light speak for it and not to you know push mm-hmm. on to anyone else. But they will see it. They'll be like, oh, I like what you're doing. Like, you, you know, they might have seen you, might, might not have seen you for like maybe two years or three years. And they go, oh my God, like you've changed so much. Like you look so full of life. Like, oh, um, I want to be there. Like, show me how. Yeah, man. Just a, it's it's great. It's a great reminder of of why we do what we do. You know, for these for these little ones to be the models, to be the examples for them of what what's possible. Because you know, for for little ones, we, until we decide how we can carve out our own journey, it's like who who do I look to for what it means to be a man? Yeah. You know, if my father's around, then it's him first. If my uncles are around, then my uncles, my coaches, my teachers. So. Mm. They're all, he's, he's always watching, man. It's been one of the greatest reflections for me in my life. That was one of my drivers when I started doing men's work was, um, was, was understanding that, that younger boys, teenagers are always looking and I want to really create this, this community of men that, that younger generations can look up to mm-hmm. and really admire their strength and, and what they are and, and their vulnerability of, of how they show up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, watching yourself, with your kids, man, is, is amazing. Like, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it lights me up, man. Thank you, lights bro. Lights me up. That's actually a great transition into how I wanted to how I want to tie this part of the conversation up. Is what do you think we need more or less of from this next generation of men, or in order to affect this next generation of men? What do we need to double down on or start to remove to mm. to have a positive impact? I think one thing we need to remove is any kind of stigma around pointing the blame of like, this is what you do wrong and, and all of that. I feel like that just would make anyone close up, but opening up the space to allow them to understand their own wrongdoings and to find forgiveness and come to their own sense of apology within that. Uh, what I'd love to see more in this space is more embodied, integrated men leading the way. And more men's circles, mm-hmm. more workshops for men, really celebrating men and who they are and their gifts of what they're able to provide. I feel like there's you know, still quite a bit of work to do in the sense of creating a lot of safety for men and, and opening up the space. And I know that like a lot of my work is, is, is so impactful in person and I love being in a room full of men 
and helping them break through, break down and, and dive deep within themselves and creating that space. And yeah, I just, one thing I'd love to see men do is just let go of the shame and the guilt that they're holding onto, letting go of, of things that just are no longer serving them, um, things that are holding them back in the relationship, things that are holding them back, you know, in their work life, in their family life, with their friends. Mm. I just really want to see men shine in who they are and to feel empowered and to feel proud, to be a proud man. And I feel that is something that is also a bit sensitive that to be a proud man or to be a proud white man is uh, somewhat not by many, well, not, not by all, but by some like frowned upon. And I was speaking to this the other day and just saying, talking to someone that said that they, you know, were feeling bad, feeling shame around being privileged. And I said, if you're feeling privileged, Mm -hmm. use your privilege for good. If you've been gifted Mm -hmm. this life where, you know, you were brought up in a good family, you know, you're stable, you're able to do what you wanted to do in life. You have to live your dreams. Don't hold that into yourself. Create something where you're able to help people that are disprivileged or people that are, are requiring that, that need. To really, yeah. really own who yeah. we are and, and, and step up and, and break through. I really like that message, man, because we always have opportunities to change people's opinions with our actions. And for all of the stigmas, stereotypes, you know, racism, basically judging a book by its cover and the the misconceptions people have of individuals before they get to know them instead of being victimized by that. Cause there's, there is a lot of that energy, you know, like, Oh, well people just think I'm another privileged white guy or people just think I'm another roughneck mm. black guy. Right. Um, there's, you could also reframe that as an opportunity. You've got a valuable opportunity to show them something different, mm. you know, to, and, and, and how is that going to real? Is that, isn't that the real impact that we can have is to show people something that they don't expect and to change one person's perspective or to change the world one perspective at a time. I think it makes me think of this book that my that I'm reading my son right now. He likes the same books at nighttime. It's about a dragon that is looking for a place to live and it comes into this field and all of the animals are terrified of it because all they've known about dragons are they blow fire and they eat us. And so the dragon's like, no, trust me, I'm, I'm really nice. I'm really, and, and he sneezes and he like, you know, torches a bird and stuff. <laughs> and he's like, no, but seriously, I just want to be your friend. And then eventually he, this, this dragon demonstrates, well, I, I'm different. And, but with, but, but with my actions, not by my words, how I show ah, up. And, um, man. That's like the opportunity there for all of us. Yeah. Kids books are incredible when they have those like secret hidden messages, like those subliminal messages. Oh man. Yep. I can see some really amazing. I'm learning so like, much through the education of my son. Yeah, I can see some really amazing like <laughs> conscious conscious kids books coming through. Maybe they're already out there. I don't have kids myself, mm-hmm. but maybe they're already out there. But, you know, those real beautiful, deep subliminal messages to you know, imprint on them so that they can you know, understand and learn from that and evolve. And, oh, man. For sure. Beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, it's good stuff. It reminds man. me of this, um, good stuff. this quote from a movie. I can't remember what the movie's called, but this guy says that you can either be a product of your environment or your environment can be a product of you. Mm-hmm. And it really, really uh, stuck with me for some time of being like, well, I don't have to, don't have to let my environment impact me so much. I no longer have to be a victim of my thoughts or my conditioning. 
Like I have the power mm-hmm. to choose. And this is, you know, like harnessing that warrior energy or even the hero energy. But the mm-hmm. hero energy, you know, when we talk about archetypes, the hero energy is still, you know, an immature boy archetype. If you've ever read King, Lover, Roy, Magician, that the hero grows mm-hmm. into or matures into the warrior. But, you know, become the hero of your own journey, you know, becoming a warrior and, and no, becoming from victim to victor or tragedy to triumph and just, you know, breaking through these patterns, these conditionings and, and every day we, we have the choice to be who we want to be. Mm-hmm. And we can continually just grow, redefine, define and, and evolve and take away the layers and, and stop using excuses and pointing the blame and projecting it's his, her fault. We can't always... Mm-hmm choose what's happened to us but it's our responsibility to to heal it to integrate it and to move through it and mm-hmm. that's something i start working through as well as rather than saying like i'm i'm working on this uh translating into like now i'm moving through this so i'm finding a way to move through it's not hard work it's a a flow through finding my way moving mm-hmm. through. That's awesome, man. I love that. This, this has been a great conversation, man. I think we, we opened up a lot of, a lot more questions than anything, you know, the, these, all these possibilities that we have to lean into, you know, and then I would say that neither you or me or any of the, of us who are a part of this, of this journey, of this transformation of culture can really see the end of it. Right. We, I think if there's anything, I've become more clear on just what my role is in this and having these conversations and opening up these possibilities and inviting one man at a time to, to come into the, you know, to come test out the water, see what it's like on this side of being transparent and vulnerable and raw and real Mm. in a safe container, a safe environment. I think that's, what's really shifting and turning the needle in the right direction. So yeah, man, thanks for, thanks for bringing your wisdom and for opening up these dialogues. Uh, I got a few questions I want to ask you before we wrap up here. You down for it? Yeah, man. Yeah. Just quickly though, I just want to honor you right right quick, man, for creating this podcast for men. Uh, It's, it's been amazing. And and I've had many friends and and clients that refer to, you know, jump on and listen to your podcast and listen to what you have to say. And just really want to honor you on, on your path for um, creating this space for men. Like you're leading this way and I want to really, you know, feel and receive like, how much of an impact this is creating and you might not see it all the time, but there's, there's many, many men and women that are being impacted in, in a deep and great way by what you're creating through your podcast. So I just want to honor you and thank you very much for doing so brother. Mm, thank you, bro. I really received that, especially coming from a man like you, who I see really living and embodying the message and the, the brand of masculinity that, that is you. And it's, it feels great to just be aligned with men like yourself and other men who are doing this work. And I can't think of a better way to spend a lifetime <laughs> of, of cracking away at this with other men that I, that I love and respect. So sure. thank you, bro. Yeah. I really, fe- I really feel that. All right. So one last dose of wisdom from the man from Western Australia, the myth, the legend, Tim Morrison. Okay, here we go. What is one thing you've learned that you wish you knew when you were 18 years old? <laughs> oh, man. To listen and trust my heart, mm-hmm. to listen to the whispers that, that I was hearing. Beautiful, man. And what do you think is the most important value to have as a man? To honor and integrity. Mm. What's the difference between the two for you? I guess I feel that actually quite similar in stance, but mm. for me, integrity is, is holding, being accountable for everything that you're doing to being in you know, complete alignment 
of your own truth and the truth of others as well. Mm. You know, being reliable, being open, being honorable, I feel is doing things in a way that is like in alignment with, with your values mm-hmm. and your attributes. Beautiful, man. I love that. Yeah, I've, I've had that similar question for myself too. You know, what's the difference between integrity and honor for me? Similar to what you said, you know, for me, integrity is how sturdy and solid is, is the individual, is the, is the container, mm. you know? So to, to live in integrity for me means to live in a way that creates safety for others by, as if I reduce it all the way down. Honor for me is, is doing the right thing even when no one's looking. I think for me, that's the ultimate expression of honor. Just, man, to be able to do those things, even when nobody's watching, you know, like turning in a wallet that's got, you know, $500 in it <laughs> because that's the right thing to do. Mm. Yeah, man, it's good, I love man. that doing, doing it when no one else is watching. I used to fight for a fair, fair while with Muay Thai. And one of the things we used to say was, you know, champions, the way champions train is, you know, when no one's looking, what, what are you doing when no one's looking? Rather than, you know, doing mm. it for the, for the applause you're doing it for a deeper mm-hmm. soul purpose. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love that. When, when you see that in somebody who does the work behind the scenes, it's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, last but not least, please tell us how men can follow you, find you. If, let me say this. Before you would say all of the things... I, I follow your stuff all the time, man. I read your posts. I, I watch the content you're putting out there. Anybody who is not already in Tim's vortex, his atmosphere, get in it. Because if nothing else, the integrity that oozes off of this man and how he shows up in his work is is pure. It really is, man. How can people find you if they're not already in in your atmosphere? Yeah, on, on Insta, it's just Tim Morrison with two underscores at the end. Facebook is just Tim Morrison. <laughs> Been super creative with all my my names. And uh, my email is just www.tim-morrison.com. And you can see all my events and stuff like that. But I'm most active on, on Instagram. So you'll see all my events mm-hmm. and, and workshops on there. Cool, man. And tell us, uh, I know Invictus was the one that's coming up right now. You want to speak about that just so guys are aware of what that opportunity is? Yeah, it's a it's an in-person one, but it's an eight-week journey. So it's eight weeks with 11 sessions. So it's every Tuesday night, uh, goes for about three hours each night. Then we have three breakthrough sessions. We have like a nice immersion, um, which we just had on the weekend, just passed. Second one's a physical breakthrough. I mean, the third one's a sweat lodge. So we, yeah, we have a group of 18 brothers in there at the moment. Uh, we go into shadow work, into anger, aggression, into shame and guilt, to like the sexual shame, the, the predator. We go into like our core wounds, upper limits, big breakthrough sessions. We have uh, four deep shamanic breathwork journeys, which are you know, about an hour, hour in length. And Man, if you're out there and you get the chance to do a breathwork journey, do it. It is one of the the best ways I've seen brothers drop deep and to release all kinds of shit and to receive so much guidance from that. So if if you ever get the chance to do a breathwork journey, 100% couldn't recommend it enough. It is absolutely phenomenal. It's a game changer and and allows you to really integrate the uh, the lessons and the teachings. But yeah, Invictus is 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 uh, about the way of the warrior. It's about learning how to harness that warrior energy. And I feel one of the the most suppressed energies that we have as men is the warrior energy. And it's because people have either been fallen victim to its to its chaos, its violence in the shadow warrior. So men have either been you know 
castrated themselves or they've been castrated by the partners and they just lost touch to this warrior energy or they are way out into the shadow projection of the warrior and they are just wanting to hurt every single person that they come across. And so it's learning how to balance mm-hmm. that out and drop deep within and, and learning how to you know use that warrior sword of truth to slay away all that we are no longer and to, you know, feel safe of ripping mm. off that mask, taking off that armor, you know, those like, like the Viking warriors, like on the Viking TV show, like they come out to war bare chested yeah. screaming. And that's mm. my vision of this new way of the warriors that we no longer have to have mm. these armors and, and, and helmets on. We just, you know, come out. This is who we are. Love mm. me or hate me. And, and really learn how to harness that primal energy and, I feel that that's why, you know, there's so much like rape and sexual abuse and other abuses because men are so disconnected to their own sexual desires as in the shadows that so it comes out in unconscious ways and unconscious acts. And if we can learn how to, you know, harness that, how to balance that out, how to learn to love and accept it, then we will start to create that shift within our society, within our community to allow us to, you know, be more comfortable with who we are and learn how to speak what we're feeling rather than like suppressing it and having a fucking uh, like little tantrum, which ends up being mm. big, quite big and explosive. So sure. yeah, the eight-week course, man, is, is all in person. It's in Perth. It's super deep. It's so transformative. And the brotherhood in that is just so deeply tight. Yeah, it's incredible. The other one that we have in Perth is we have a fortnightly men's meetup, which is called Kings, for my brothers out there that are wanting to have a place to lean into. We, do, we start the session off with movement. We chat. Uh, we do a bit of breath work, go for a swim. And yeah, it's just a place for guys to lean into, to chat, and just to find other like-minded brothers who are on the same path as them. And they want to be held accountable, that want to get something off their chest. And mm. yeah, we run monthly cacao ceremonies here in, here in Perth. We work with breath work, sacred sounds, and cacao. So that's a monthly event. One of my most favorite things that I get to do, I love jumping into that shamanic space and just communing with the spirit and just uh, tuning into the energy of the group and just allowing these sounds to flow through me to, you know, take people on this deeper journey. I also run these shamanic breathworks in in Perth and we're going to be doing this around Australia as well um, this year, but it's called Shaman's Breath, which is a deep shamanic journey. All the sounds are played live just to activate and to, you know, drop people deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we run Cambo ceremonies here as well. Dude, I'm telling you, man, you're, you're, you're about to see an influx of men <laughs> migrating to Perth after you shuffled off this roster of things you got going on. It's like <laughs> it's like you got a sanctuary for men, yeah. uh, for, for personal transformation for men happening in Perth, man. I, I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> Thanks, brother. And uh, the last one I'll drop, man. Good time to buy real estate in Perth. <laughs> Last one I dropped, man, is uh, we go to a retreat in Bali, August 25th to the 31st. It's called The Brave and it is an immersion for men about reclaiming the masculine energy, the wild masculine, the, the primal masculine and it's a rite of passage into that, that energy so there's going to be some big breakthroughs. I won't give away too much into it to keep that mysticism around it. If you know what's going to happen in a, in a, yeah. in a uh, rite of passage, is not too much of a rite of passage. So, um, <laughs> but it's going to be a deep, deep journey. Got an awesome group of brothers that are coming on to support it. My brother Tal is going to be there. He'll be chatting to soon. Get in touch. If any of that resonates with you, uh, hit me up. That's awesome, it, brother. Man. We'll make sure that all the, all the info is in the show notes for you. And, 
again, man, thank you for coming on here, dropping your wisdom and, and sharing space, man. It's good to, it was good to really dialogue and connect with you on this level and really honor the journey that you're walking, man. I look forward to seeing how your, how your influence continues to spread. Yeah. Cause I, I don't think Perth is big enough to contain what you're carrying, man. I see, I see many big things for you in, in the years to come. So thank you, brother. We'll be watching. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Much love to you, Daddy, and thank you so much for having me on, man. Like I said before, I honor you on your path and the work that you do, my man. So, yeah, much love and gratitude. Likewise, man. Same here. I love chatting with Tim because he's such a genuine and authentic dude, a guy who really lives the work that he's putting out there into the world, a powerful presence, powerful man, powerful wisdom that's pouring through him, and also really humble really humble but powerful in the way that he shows up he's one of those guys who you know that he's carrying a sword you see him carrying it on his hip but he doesn't swing it around all day like some people do uh, one of the things i really took away from this conversation was the importance of safety for both men and women safety for men to really feel secure to, to feel confident that our truths are going to be heard and that they're going to be seen for what they are and not judged because the world and the spaces that men have lived in for so long have been so unsafe. And I really believe that that is our way to freedom. My new favorite catchphrase is freedom for men and safety for women. That's the way that we're going to change the world. And my man Tim had a lot to say about just that. So please share up this episode. Send it out to all your friends who need to hear this. While you're at it, I want you guys on the next Rising Man Fire Circle call this March 23rd from 3 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you haven't come to a Fire Circle call before, hit me up with a DM and I'll get you the code so you can jump on with us free, no charge, nothing this time around. Everybody who comes for the first time gets to just join as a guest. And if you want to continue to support the Rising Man podcast, head over to patreon.com slash rising man so that you can give us a small contribution every month in order to be a greater part of this community. While you're at it, check out the link for show notes and resources at the risingmanpodcast.com. Please, please, please subscribe and follow us on the podcast app of your choice. Leave a review, leave a comment, hit us with five stars if you think we deserve it so we can keep rising up the ranks on iTunes. Wherever you guys are listening to it, please give us a positive review. Let us know how these messages and these words are landing with you and if you don't listen to us on an app that lets you do that head over to the risingmanpodcast.com because that's where all the show notes links resources everything's at and you can leave comments there too check us out on instagram at rising man podcast my man rowan tyne making the instagram page look so sexy and, <laughs> and and interesting these days really appreciate the work that you're doing there my bro shout out to sean offenbach over at infinite melodics at infinite m-e-l-o-d-i-x the man for all of your podcasting audio engineering musical engineering needs he's a wizard behind the scenes and really has done a lot of amazing things for the rising man podcast i could not recommend him more highly so if you're looking for that make sure you hit him up right now before he gets too busy to help you out and for the rest of my rising man power team julian subic who has been making sure that these episodes get put up on the website and published and everything in the background and my man mark rose who's been working on some digging up some of the goals from past episodes so that we can share with you guys who are just joining our, our audience some of the gold nuggets that have been shared in years past because we are just knocking on the door of one year anniversary of the rising man look how far we've come that's going to be a fun episode to talk about that so until next time rise up and claim your destiny <laughs>